0: You're listening to a podcast from Burley Heads Church of Christ, from Burley Heads on the Gold Coast. Welcome. Um, it's great to have you. It's great to have um, you a bit to be able to connect with us this way. So I hope you're doing all right. Um, again, I say this every time, but it's true. Strange times we're in, and so I hope you're tracking okay. And um, if you're not, or if there's some stuff that's gone really well, and praise or prayer that you'd like to let us know, please uh, comment um, send us a message or you. Um, email is always in the description, so you can contact us that way. But we'd love to know what's going on in your life and what God is up to. We are in a series uh, called Cultivating Fruit, around cultivating the fruits of the Spirit. And today is the last one ever for the series. And so we will continue, but today we're covering our last fruit, one that we deliberately missed and saved to the end. And drumroll please, that fruit is joy drum roll please because we are covering joy 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 to the world what do you think about when you think about the word joy have a second to think what images come to your mind when you hear that word joy here's some of the images the bible describes for us psalms 95 one says oh come let us sing to the lord let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation talking about singing, music, worship, joy. In uh, Jeremiah 33, 11, it says, The voice of mirth and the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride. The voices of those who sing as they bring thanks offering to the house of the Lord. A picture of a wedding, joy, that wedding day, that joy that wedding days bring. If you've been to a wedding or had a wedding day yourself, you know that that joy, there's a there's a sense of joy. Psalms 144, oh, sorry, 104, verse 15, and wine to gladden the heart of man, oil to make his face shine, and bread to strengthen man's heart. This image of a, a dinner uh, with wine, oil on the face, you're looking sharp, and you got bread and food, and you got your friends around, and there's a sense of joy in that. And then there's also Proverbs 23, 24 to 25, The father of the righteous will greatly rejoice. he who fathers a wise son will be glad in him. Let your father and mother be glad. Let her who bore you rejoice. Of course, coming from the word joy, joy, joy in kids. They bring such a joy. These things and the things that you probably are thinking about in your mind are great things and they give us glimpses of joy. They're part of life, and they're beautifully articulated right through the Bible. Music, friends, family, marriage, all blessings are incredible moments of joy. But as you know, every day is not a wedding day. (laughs) Every day is not a dinner with friends. Every day is not full of that type of joy. We are complex humans. We live in a broken world which is sometimes dark, sometimes confusing, sometimes really hard. And, and this is uh, what we've learned as we as we go through this series that the goal isn't to be, I guess, that type of joyful or let's say that type of happy every day. The goal of this series is not to preach to you today and, and all through this series is not to go go outside and just be happy. It's not about that. It's about cultivating something. Side note, uh, this is the sermon the world preaches. The world preaches, and tell me if you've heard this before, this is a sermon you hear outside of the gospel. Drink this drink, sing this song, buy this product, reach this financial goal, look like this, build this, fill your weekend with this, smell like this, find freedom in this, have this political view, say these words, marry this type of person, then you'll be happy. Then you would have arrived. That's the world sermon most of us probably have heard. But here's the simple truth for you this morning. No, you won't. (laughs) Those things can give you glimpses of joy or happiness, but they will only be a fleshly human answer for a God-shaped question. Seriously, you can try if you like, but it's not going to end well. If you try to fill a God-shaped question with a human-made answer, then you start to operate in the flesh. And listen to what Paul says in Galatians 5, a verse that you should, well, Well, if you've been following us, we've been reading it every week. But listen to what Paul says if you try to operate in this, trying to be happy every day or trying to force it, trying to control it. Says this, the acts of flesh are obvious sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things alike. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. In other words, follow this line of thinking, follow the world's sermon about trying to make yourself happy, do what suits you only to feel nice or get what you want to make yourselves happy. You'll probably end up, Paul says, it's going to lead down the road of being a drunk or an addict, abusing the blessed covenant of marriage and sex and destroying the good stuff that God's created in that. Witchcraft, you'll try to control things or the religious version of that is religion, trying to control the church. You end up with enviness. You'll end up with um, being one of those people. You know, those adults that have adult tantrums, like children still, because they're not happy. They're not getting what they want. Paul says, this is what's going to happen if you follow fleshly thinking. You're not going to be happy every day and you're going to end up having an adult tantrum. You're going to end up being nasty. You're riddled with anxiety. Why? Because if you follow the path of the flesh, you won't get what you truly need or even want. Which is described by Paul here, the thing that everybody's actually desiring is the kingdom of God. It says you will not inherit the kingdom of God. You'll not get the very thing that you're actually, even if you consciously don't know you want. Now, I'm not just talking about heaven. Kingdom of God is far deeper than that. I'm talking about anywhere where Jesus is king. That's how a kingdom works. It's under a king, and that king is Jesus. And the reason following the flesh won't work for you, won't inherit the kingdom of God is exactly, uh, well, Paul says it best in Romans fourteen seven. Listen to this. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Spirit. It's deeper than that, Paul's saying. There is a deeper path to walk that brings about true joy, the true kingdom under Jesus. This is how we reach the kingdom. This is how we grow the garden. Let's continue through Galatians for this final time in this this last fruit. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. Paul reminding us that we're free. None of this is a sermon on doing things um, out, of a, out of some sort of effort to earn God's favour but as a response to what he's done. But do not use your freedom, your response, to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbour as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the fleshly desires are in contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit is in contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. For the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Instead of walking the flesh and trying to be happy every second of the day, believing that new product, those new clothes, that new appliance, that lifestyle will make you happy. Instead, Paul invites us to submit to the king, which is where the kingdom of God is found. Walk and live in his spirit. Walk a different path. Grow a different way than the world tells us to. Instead of destruction, We get to produce life, including today's last fruit of this series, joy, a deep joy, not to be confused with just feeling happy, not to be even confused with those moments as the Bible describes as joyful, but a joy that is deeply joyful in all circumstances. As it says in Philippians 4, this letter that Paul wrote from jail. He says this, rejoice in the Lord always again, I say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpass all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. In Philippians 1.25, he also says to have joy of faith. And in Philippians 3.1, he says, joy is in the Lord. Writing this from jail, Paul says there's a type of joy that can be found even while you're sitting in a, well, it's a couple of thousand years ago, so even worse type of jail than today. Sitting in a rotting, smelly jail, he finds joy. This is a far deeper call. This is a fruit, this is a joy that is grown over time. So, like all the fruit in the series, I want to just give three gardening tips. Now, I don't pretend these tips are the perfect things to do. They're just some encouragements. I hope you find them as such to consider practicing, some rhythms, some things to consider that help us like, I don't know, like the water, the sun, and the soil to help us grow these things. They're not things to do so God loves us more. They're things that help us walk in the spirit, help us build and grow something significant. They allow us to walk closer to him. He's already there. He's already close to us. It allows us to notice him. It allows us to walk and grow with him. And so here's my three gardening tips for growing joy. Number one, sounds funny at first, but learn to lament. My number one tip for growing a joy in all circumstances is learn to lament. I can't tell you the amount of Christians I've met who think being a Christian means you're not allowed to make mistakes, who thinks being a Christian is you're not allowed to be frustrated or you're not allowed to even be righteously angry or confused at God sometimes. I believe this is so, 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 so damaging. I've got a verse for you to hear on this note. It's actually a worship song that would have been played in the temple by the sons of Korah, the, the band was called. Listen to this worship song. as Imagine walking into an ancient temple of Yahweh and hearing this psalm be sung from the band. O Lord God of my salvation, I cry out day and night before you. Let my prayer come before you. Incline your ear to my cry. For my soul is full of troubles and my life draws near to Sheol, which is Sheol, which is the grave. I'm counted among those who go down to the pit. I'm a man who has no strength, like no one one set loose among the dead, like the slain that lies in the grave and those whom who remembered no more, for they are cut off from your hand. You have put me in the depths of the pit, in the regions dark and deep. Your wrath lies heavy on me, and you overwhelm me with your waves. Sailor, pause. You have caused my companions to shun me. You have made me horror to them. I am shut in so that I cannot escape. My eyes grow dim through sorrow. Every day I call upon you, Lord. I spread out my hands to you. Do you work wonders for the dead? Do you depart, rise up to praise you? Selah, pause. Is your steadfast love declared in the grave or in faithfulness in abandon? Are you wonders known in the darkness or your righteous in the land of the forgetfulness But, O Lord, I cry to you in the morning. My prayer comes before you. I'm thinking about adding that to the the list of our worship songs that we sing Sunday morning. What do you reckon? (laughs) Just a lovely, uplifting song. Not at all. It's a lament. It's a man, I'm assuming, frustrated, probably David, frustrated at God in worship. He actually brings all of it to God. How's that? Imagine singing that Sunday morning. My point being, Bring all to Christ, the good, the bad, the ugly. Otherwise, how is he able to bring joy in the dark if you don't let him into the dark places? If you only try to put on your Sunday best for God? How's he meant to deal with your Monday worst? It's okay to not be okay. God is still great. It's okay to have a, ba- a bad day. God is still good. Practice hope, grow in faith, and let God have it. This can assist in letting you grow and produce deep joy. Whoa, you lament. Don't lament all the time. There's a season for everything, but make sure. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know that your testing of your faith produces perseverance. How's that? Consider it joy while you're facing these trials, while you're lamenting, because God is still good. <coughs> Number two, ingredient. <laughs> Serve others. And Matthew 25, 35 to 40 is a conversation or a parable Jesus is saying kind of about the end of time. He says this, for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. And then the righteous will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty or give you something to drink? When, When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The kingdom will, king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Christ saying, and you'll hear this verse before, being used um, as a story about where where we find God or where God finds us. And I love this. God is in the poor. God is with the hungry. So this passage tells God. In in other words, I'm not saying you need to do this stuff to earn God's favor, but I love that this verse tells us if you want to walk with God, if you want to know God better, if you want to have his joy replicate his life, then a great place to start is serving the community, serving your neighbors, serving your church, serving the poor, serving those in need. This will do a couple of things. This will do so much in you. Serving will help you uh, breed gratitude for what you have as you see others in need. But it also aligns your heart to God. It also helps you find God. A personal example is I can't tell you the amount of weeks and occasionally every now and then I have a bad one. and I can't tell you or explain. Someone will walk into the op shop at the end of that week or someone will work, walk into food help or someone will I'll run into someone at school pickup, and God will give me an opportunity to serve sometimes big often just a small way and over time, I must say at the last my last three point five years at at Burley Church of Christ that's where I found the most joy looking back the fact when God has been able to use me in a small way it can turn the worst weeks around when you come into these Moments where God is at work. Kind of feels counterintuitive. I get that because the world says happiness is found in serving yourself, self-love. Yeah, yeah, this is not what this is saying. This is a counter kingdom. This is saying that serving others actually helps you live and grow with God in his kingdom. Serving others is something to consider. Number three. Practice hope. I'm a bit of a broken record on this one lately. I know that. Probably feel like I say this nearly every week, but it's really something that's been pressed on me through this series. We're currently in a world at the moment. (laughs) It's on everyone's lips. It's on every station. It's on Christians and non-Christians alike where they're practicing fear, fear about the pandemic, fear about the recession, fear about the future. They're practicing skepticism. Do you really think that politician's telling the truth? Do you think he's in charge? Who's doing this? What's happening behind the scenes? We're practicing judgment. That person did this. Did you hear about that person? We're practicing negativity. I don't like this. I don't have to wear this. I don't want to do this. I don't like your point of view. Practicing complaints. Sorry, I don't want to do that. That doesn't suit me. It doesn't want to make me. It doesn't make me happy. Practicing outrage. That doesn't suit me. It really makes me angry. I'm having a tantrum. (laughs) Anyone else just feel like in this season that this world just needs some more joy, not some fake artificial sugary happiness. This world needs a group of people practising hope. Proverbs 10.28 says, The hope of the righteous brings joy, but the expectation of the wicked will perish. Of course everyone's scared. Of course everyone's fearful at the moment particularly if you don't know God, particularly if you don't have meaning, particularly if you don't know how this plays out, particularly if you don't have hope of a kingdom now and eternal, particularly if you don't do life with a king, you should be terrified. But the righteous, those walking with God, should be practising hope and producing joy. Romans 15, 13 says, May the God, may, may the God of hope, fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. What do I mean? I mean, would it kill us as Christians to think the best of someone, even if we know they're going to let us down? Because even if they do, God's got it. He's got them and it's got our future. So we are free to practice hope and believe in the best for people, best that that they could be their best. Would it move or grow us as Christians to wake up each morning with hope for the day, a promise from his word and a prayer of hope for that morning? Would it move us or change us or grow us to speak vision over Australia this season, this era? Be hopeful that this this may bring, this whole season may bring renewal in a lost world into the next generation. Would it be that bad if we didn't see the change that is occurring in our church context and wider as something we need to claw up against? But to see possible opportunity, excitement, renewal towards the kingdom, the king using this opportunity to break through, to realize this doesn't revolve around us, and again to surround ourselves with people that practice hope with us, both now and looking eternally small table small table small table that's one way to practice hope with others to wake up each morning and invite the hope of Christ and his spirit to change and transform us to go to bed each night and thank God for the work he has done that day in us and with us to come out to to come out of us love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control that's the choice of this season That's the choice of this whole series. You can try to keep controlling this all, and you can walk the path of the flesh and see how that goes. But eventually, and this is a call to our church, this is a call to those that don't know Jesus, call to anyone that's accidentally stumbled across this video, there is a call to walk with Jesus in the Spirit. Which will you choose this morning or this afternoon or whatever time you're watching this? Which will you choose in this profound, weird, strange season? And what will you start growing once you make that choice? There's questions for your small table or any community you are part of in the description. And let's let's pray. Father, we just... We acknowledge the different messages the world tells us about trying to find fleeting happiness, about trying to be in control with the latest app or technology or piece of furniture or or making our life complete with a piece of clothing or a perfect job or the perfect finance system and strategy. Paul tells us, you tell us, history tells us, the Christian experience tells us, (laughs) the Bible tells us. That those paths end in destruction. That they just don't work. Father, I just pray for more of your spirit. For the ability to have a profound understanding of the hope we have in you. And that we can walk each day in your strength. Grow each day in your ways and be people that are known for our fruit, people that are known for our peace and love and patience and goodness and faithfulness and self-control. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Well, thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us for this whole series. We're going to start a new series over the next few weeks. And um, yeah, appreciate you joining us today. Uh, Please, if you enjoyed this video, share it around. It's got to be the easiest way to invite someone to church, just share the link. (laughs) Hit subscribe if you enjoyed it this morning. Hit like and uh, that way we can keep you informed with future content and we'll hopefully see you soon online. Or if you live in the southern Gold Coast area of Australia um, in Queensland, then uh, we'd love you to book into one of our services and we can can hang out in person. Anyway, that's it for me. God bless. We'll see you soon.